I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 490 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, we are headed back into the octagon today. I have an awesome guest to bring you. Michael Chandler is a UFC fighter who competed in Bellator MMA for 10 years and was a three-time Bellator lightweight champion. He was also the winner of the Bellator Season 4 lightweight tournament. Since his arrival in the UFC, Michael Chandler has made quick work of top contender Dan Hooker and has already competed for the UFC lightweight championship of the world. He is currently ranked number four in the UFC lightweight division. He's an electrifying fighter with an incredible mindset. I'm honored to have him on the podcast today. Michael Chandler will be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. And today's interview with Michael Chandler was recorded on video and is available for you guys to watch on my YouTube channel. So if you'd like to watch the conversation between the UFC fighter and myself, please subscribe to First Class Fatherhood on YouTube. The link is in the description of today's podcast episode. All right, and if you guys are fans of the UFC, you are in luck because I have interviewed many UFC dads right here on First Class Fatherhood, including two who are fighting tomorrow in UFC 263, Leon Edwards and Eric Anders. They're not fighting each other, but they are both fighting on the card. You can find my interviews with them in the archives of the podcast. I've also interviewed UFC President Dana White, Hall of Fame fighter Tito Ortiz, Dustin Poirier, and so many others. Go check them all out. Available to listen to at your convenience. All right, and guys, you do not want to miss out on next week. I have got a special lineup of guests to take you guys into the Father's Day weekend. Skateboarding legend Tony Hawk is returning to the podcast here for a second interview. Major League Baseball Hall of Famer Mike Piazza will be here as well. And soon-to-be NFL Hall of Famer Megatron Calvin Johnson will be joining me here on the podcast. All right, you're definitely not going to want to miss out on next week. It's going to be a banger. We're going to take you right into the Father's Day weekend in style here. If you guys are enjoying this podcast, please hit me with a rating or review. It always goes a long way to help me out. And as always, please help me spread the word about the podcast to every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list. Let them know about the show that's here celebrating fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks. Family values rule. And every day is Father's Day right here with me. And I'm going to be right back with UFC fighter Michael Chandler. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, you have heard my interview with Navy SEAL Jocko Willink right here on First Class Fatherhood. Now I have teamed up with Jocko, and you guys can benefit. Jocko Willink has got an elite lineup of energy drinks, apparel, supplements, protein shakes, and so much more available at OriginMain.com. That's O-R-I-G-I-N-M-A-I-N-E.com. And you guys can save 10% off your order by using the promo code LACE10. Visit OriginMain.com or hit the link in the show notes and check out Jocko's awesome lineup of Go Energy drinks, milk, protein, and so much more. Crafted in America, built to work, made for life. If Jocko Willink is putting his name on it, you better believe it's a quality product. So go. Visit OriginMain.com and use the promo code LACE10 and you're going to save 10% off your order. There's only one Jocko Willink, but there are multiple Jocko Willink products on OriginMain.com. Visit OriginMain.com or hit the link in today's show notes. Use the promo code LACE10. Save 10% off and go get some. Joining me now, First Class Father, Michael Chandler. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Thank you for having me, man. I appreciate the opportunity. All right, let's start right here. How many kids do you have? How old? I have one son and he is four years old. He turned four in January, so he's almost four and a half. Very cool. You got him involved in any sports activities yet? 
I do. Yeah. So he's, uh, he is in flag football and he is in T-ball and yeah, we got a couple different, he gets done with school this week and we got him involved in a summer camp every single week, um, associated with our, our school, which is right down the street and, uh, keep him busy, keep him around other kids, socialize them, having a good time, running all over the place, just like a boy should be doing. Yeah. Very cool. I love that. Michael, if you could just take a minute here to hit my listeners a little bit about your background and what you do. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I've, uh, I've been wrestling and then now I fight for a living um, for about the last 20 years. I wrestled in high school, wrestled in college, was an All-American at the University of Missouri in 2009. Then I transitioned in to mixed martial arts right away in 2009. Um, fought outside the UFC for a very long time, won a couple world titles in Bellator and then came over to the UFC and just fought for the world title in the UFC at lightweight. So I'm top five lightweight right now. And, uh, chasing the UFC gold and also trying to be a, a better human being at all times. Yeah, it's inspiring to watch you over your career here, Michael. You've been crushing it in the octagon and outside the octagon. And along this journey then, about how old were you then when you first became a dad and how did becoming a father kind of change your perspective on life? So I was uh, right about 30, 31 when I became a, a father. Um, we adopted our son, actually. So he was uh, he was already about 10 months old when we adopted him. So we got, you know, skipped those first 10 months of, uh, of his life, which, you know, was really just the baby stages and whatnot. So we, um, so kind of got thrusted into fatherhood pretty quick, even though it was, you know, for any of the listeners who have gone through the adoption process, which is, um, it's grueling at times because it's a long process, a lot of, uh, a lot of paperwork, a lot of background checks, physical health background checks, FBI, criminal background checks, financial background checks, physicals, um, all of those different things to make sure you are, um, fit to be parents of a, of an adopted child. So, um, it took about a year to get the process going. And then at, at 1 40 PM on a certain day, we got a, an email saying we were done with our paperwork, paperwork and eligible to adopt. And then at 1 46 PM, six minutes later, we got an email that said, congratulations, you're eligible. By the way, there is this, this child down in, in Texas that fits your preferences perfectly. And, Within 48 hours of that phone call, we were down in Texas. We were waiting in a hotel room, uh, waiting to receive and, and take custody of our of the greatest blessing on the entire planet. So um, although it was a long process of, of you know, getting all the, the prerequisites done for adoption, it was a six-minute match. It was very quick. So um, it was a huge blessing, and, and it was God's timing, and it was, it was absolutely perfect, and he is, he is the greatest joy of, of our lives. Yeah, very well said, Michael. I've had quite a few dads on here who have adopted. I understand the process can be long and painstaking, but definitely worth it. And thank God it is as extensive as it is so that uh, the kids can find homes. I think there's no greater form of love from a parent uh, to, to, to adopt a child and give it, give that love to somebody that's not their own, make them their own. So, uh, you know, props to you for you do it. You guys planning on having any more kids or adopting any more kids? Or you guys want them done here? We, uh, we, we've played around with the idea. I think, uh, I think we, we were both in the, in the position where we thought, man, we're like, we're so happy and so content with, with just our son. Uh, we're like, I don't, you know, I don't need to love any, you know, any more children. You know, like we, we, we didn't necessarily want to have a, a huge family, but I think, I think maybe one more might be on the horizon. You know, we're uh, still kicking around the idea. My wife and I are both extremely busy and we just love loving on our son. And we love what he's involved in and, and uh, haven't thought too much crazy forward thinking in, into the future, but it, it has been a huge joy. And, you know, as you know, and, and probably talk about a lot on the, on this podcast, it's becoming a parent is it's the most important thing that you can do as a human being, uh, you know, fighter and world champion and businessman. And even husband is, is those are all great things. 
but be, being, uh, being a father and, and leading a child, and especially for me, I, I have the joy of having a son, and I, I, I want to turn him into a, a wonderful young man, a high-functioning individual, a guy who's going to, a young man who's going to grow up and, and uh, be a leader of his generation, and uh, really excited about that, and also excited about maybe expanding the family, so we'll see. Yeah, very cool. And I talk about on this show a lot, Michael, is the fatherless crisis we have going on. We got so many kids are growing up without a father or a father figure in their life, and it's having a devastating result on our society. So um, it, it's awesome to see, you know, people that do adopt and give kids an opportunity to have a father and grow up with a father figure. So uh, it's cool. Now, what would you touch on a little bit there? But what would you uh, say are the top values that you're hoping to instill in HAP growing up? Um, I think more than anything, um hard work and accountability, you know, not, not hard work because I'm a fighter and I'm a, you know, a guy who's got to work hard and do all that, but more just the, uh, wiping the sweat off of your brow and, and being able to get done with a day of, of, of work, not because of, um, you know, not because of building finances, not because of building treasures up here on earth, but, but, but doing the most with the talents that you were given and, and finding his purpose and finding what that, what that thing is that makes him tick, what, what it is, the purpose that is on his life and, and finding God's best for his life. And I truly do believe, and I speak it over him every single night, that when he walks into a room, people will take notice. When he walks in a certain direction, people will follow him. When he speaks, people will listen. I want to speak these things into him that is, so that he is so confident and so uh, secure in himself uh, things that I didn't really get growing up. I had, I did have a great family, mother and a father, both in the home, a great father. Um, but it wasn't spoken into me that I can really take the world on and, and take, take everything, squeeze every ounce of joy and happiness and, and success and, and accomplishment out of this life. Um, I want him to believe those things about himself. And then through osmosis, through the people that he is around, I want him to be able to, to rub that off onto other people just by being around him. Um, I want him to love uh, fiercely. I want him to. Uh, I want to be a leader, as I said, in his generation. Stand up for what is right. Safeguard the helpless. Do do the right things, um, even when it's the hard thing to do. Being a man of character, a man of good reputation. Um, you know, these are the things that I've I've tried to build my life on. I fail all the time, but continuing to try to be a, a better man every single day. And and he will lead his generation. And and I think most importantly. You know, with my career and, and as you as we see like all the all the plethora of, of high functioning individuals you've had on this podcast, you 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 seek out high functioning fathers who are trying to be good fathers, but they're also trying to create impact in this life. And it's a hard balance, but my son will know that every man has to work and every every man will fall, but every every man will get back up and it's that resilience and that hard work and, and really trying to find God's best for your life to, to be able to make an impact is really where the, where the, the impact and, and the, um, the pursuit of, of that joy and happiness is made. Yeah, really great stuff, Michael. And that's the biggest reason why I bring high-functioning individuals on like yourself, guys that have achieved a lot in life that just testify it's been through the experience of fatherhood that's given them the greatest sense of fulfillment. And I'm going back to that fatherless problem. I, I think that we're trying to solve so many other social issues in our country, but at the core of it is our, our, our family units. And if we don't do anything to strengthen them, we're just going to be running around in circles here. So um, I think too many young men have this idea that starting a family is something to avoid and not something to embrace. So uh, hopefully that becomes more of a goal and a mindset of the young guys as it goes along and hopefully listening guys like yourself is an encouragement to that and then into what you do here has becoming a father kind of changed you as a fighter at all michael has it put a limit or a number on uh, retirement for you and leaving the game no i've i've always kind of kept both of them separately um or keep them both separate i mean obviously um i will be more inclined to walk away if i do start 
suffering any kind of uh, you know negative negative impact health wise from from mixed martial arts. But you know, as of right now, I feel great, feel uh, healthy, wealthy, and wise, man. I, I really feel I feel like my best days are still out ahead of me. Um, and and I want I want my son to see this masterpiece that I'm painting through the ups and through the downs and through the struggles and through the wins and the losses and how I carry myself through it all. Um, so I think it really is a huge blessing. Obviously, right now at four years old, he's too young to really understand. Um, but luckily, because of the beauty of the internet and, and platforms like like you're giving me right now, he'll be able to see the things that I said, how I carried myself, how I came back from setbacks, how I how I handled success, how I handled failure. Um, and most importantly, the things that the people around me or the people who are out outside of these four walls of our home, how, how they speak about me. Um, so it hasn't really changed things. Um, I've enjoyed the process thus far. If anything, it just, it lit a, it lit an extra spark underneath me because I, I really, you know, now I'm fighting for more than just myself and my wife and a paycheck and a, and a living and a platform. Now there's, now there's two eyeballs that are that are glued to what daddy's doing. They're glued to, to how I wake up in the morning, how I go to bed at night and everything that I do in between. So um, now it's just put a little bit more emphasis on trying to be a better man every single day and try to be a world champion inside, you know, inside the confines of, of my sport and, and my job and then try to be a world champion father outside of it. Yeah, great stuff, Michael. And I think it's so important what you say there, too, is because it's so easy to be uh, the guy when things are going right and you're succeeding. But how you respond and how you act when, when you have and obviously you suffered a loss there in the title uh, fight and the way you carried yourself and handled yourself is a testament to your character. And I think it definitely speaks more. I mean, I, I think there's every kid gets a trophy philosophy has been a colossal failure in our country. I, I think rewarding kids for not doing anything is leading to detrimental decisions down the line in life, especially we see, you know, unemployment the way it is rather stay home than go to work and get the money. So I think that all carries over. So the way that you're able to overcome these obstacles, I think, me means a lot more. And, and then you met, he's only four years old now, I know. But uh, listen, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu has blown up in the last decade or so here. It's become very popular. A lot of parents want to get their kids involved in it. What do you think is a good, uh, safe age for parents to start getting their kids involved in uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu or into some MMA? It's, uh, I think it's so, it's so dependent on how the child is. You know, truly, of course, me being a, a professional fighter. I mean, uh, my son has seen videos of me. He's come to my training sessions. He goes to the gym. So he sees what his dad does and he's ultimately going to want to be like, like his dad. I mean, we can, we can try to, uh, we can try to kid ourselves and water down, um, the role of the, of the man in the household. And we can try to water, water down how important a man is to, to a young man or to a young woman, to a daughter, to a son. But ultimately he's going to, he's going to see what I do and he's going to want to do what I do. Um, will I encourage it? Of course I will. If he wants to, if he wants to do it, but I'm definitely not going to, you know, put him into it if he doesn't want to, just like football, just like baseball, just like karate, just like soccer, all the, all of the different things. Um, so it's so hard. It's, it's, I will say those individual sports for me, the sport of wrestling, I started at five years old and then quit by the time I was eight. Um, and then started back up as a freshman in high school, which I thought, which I think was probably the best, um, kind of the best route, to be honest, those five, six, seven, year old kids are so young to be handling that much pressure, that many eyeballs, that many, that much kind of uncertainty inside the one-on-one -on -one competition when they can just have fun running around a soccer field, have fun hitting a baseball. Um, and maybe that's just my devil's advocate view since I grew up in wrestling and grew up now in hand-to-hand -hand combat, one, one person versus one person sports. And I didn't do, do a lot of team sports, but um, I think it's all case by case basis, but the, the discipline, the toughness, the, 
the getting outside of your comfort zone that you learn through the sport of, of wrestling or, or jujitsu, it's uh, it's second to none. It's just got to be the right time. And, and as parents, as fathers, especially, we need to have just a, a very fun approach to it, you know, and not be too hard on them because it is a, a failure on their part when they lose, you know, you lose a baseball game. It's a failure on 11 kids or, or, you know, 10 kids or five kids on a, on a basketball court. Um, but when they lose a wrestling match or they lose a jiu-jitsu match, it's, it's a little tougher to deal with and digest, which is a good thing. Um, cause I think we all need losses. We all need setbacks. We all need to pull ourselves up and dust ourselves off, but it's all in the mentality and, and the fun aspect of it until it really gets serious towards the teenage years. Yeah. Well said, Michael. And how about as far as discipline, what type of disciplinarian are you as a dad? And is that different than the discipline style that you grew up with? Um, so I, yeah, we don't, we don't spank our child. Um, I also didn't get spanked. Um, we, we do, I think we do a really good job of, of holding him accountable and not letting, not letting him get away with a lot. Um, unless he's going through, you know, some things because that is the hard part about my specific, um, I guess our, our specific situation is I do travel for work for months at a time and I, I'll, I'll be gone Sunday night through Thursday night, come home on Friday and I'm home Friday, Saturday, come leave again on Sunday in, in Florida and do my training camps away. So there's going to be times and seasons and ebbs and flows where he's just, you know, you got to love on him more than you got to just continue to discipline him and discipline him and discipline him and love him through the, the pain that he can't quite quantify. He doesn't know why he's sad, why he's upset. We know why it is because dad's not there and dad should be there. And dad's his favorite human on earth right now, especially when I'm gone all the time. Um, so just trying to ride that fine line of not being too hard on him, but holding him accountable. And, and he will know right away. He'll, he knows the value of accountability and responsibility at a very young age. Um, and I think that's really what you could, that's really the most important thing because the, the disciplinary, the, the disciplinary nature or, or the discipline, um, will, will show itself in a positive light later, later on as he continues to grow, I believe. Um, but more, more importantly, the accountability of, I made this happen. I made this mistake. I made a bad choice. Therefore, there are negative consequences to every action, just like you and me as adults, just like him as a four-year-old, just like um, anybody on earth. So we, uh, we're trying to figure it all out as, as we go, um, just like we all are. I think that's one thing, you know, if there's a brand new, if there's a brand new parent on here listening or brand new father, like, I think that's one thing. I could listen to this podcast for the next 10 years and still not be prepared enough to be a father because there is no owner's manual it's it's you know i feel like i feel like it happens and then all of a sudden you can take you can take uh, advice and you can hear you can hear the youtubes and the, and the podcasts and listen to books or read books and all of a sudden you get thrown into it and you're like this was nothing like i expected i'm trying to figure it out <laughs> yeah definitely i think tyson said that best where he said everyone got a plan until they get punched in the face right i mean That's I, listen so perfect I got I got four kids myself. My oldest is 15. I'm still figuring it out here as I go along. And I benefited so much from listening to so many of the dads. You get new ideas. You hear different philosophies. So I mean, it's all beneficial. And um, mm-hmm. and I was gonna. What is your what's your bedtime routine look like? with happy? You a book reader, a lullaby guy, a storyteller? How do you kind of work bedtime? So we uh, he he loves three books, a talk about it, which is yeah, essentially just uh. I'll, I'll say, hey, what do you want to talk about? And he'll say, oh, Hap got an ouchie or, or I got a, a bug bite or I fell on the playground or whatever. Or, you know, so then I, I, he loves cars, trucks, automobiles, planes, ambulances. So I'll, if he gets a bug bite, I'll work in a, a doctor, Dr. Drew, we usually call him, or Dr. Drew and, and an ambulance or he's walking through the woods or just make up some kind of crazy story. 
Um, and then we pray. He prays first, and then I pray, and then we do a last minute. He always wants a last minute where I just lay there with him and kind of kiss, kiss, his, kiss his head, kiss his cheek, and kind of – that's when I really kind of speak, speak into his life and just tell him how much I love him and, and how much I – how much he is going to be a leader. I want him to be able to close his eyes and visualize the man that he's going to be someday. And I think he's going to, I hope he wants, I hope he's able to do that subconsciously without even knowing that it's happening because I've painted a picture inside of his mind. Um, Cause I believe that visualization and, and that, that positive affirmation and speaking things into existence is so important at, at such a young age. And, you know, we'll, time will tell, we'll know how, you know, how his, his self-image and how his self-concept continues to grow as he, as he grows into a young adult. Um, but that's my plan thus far, and that's kind of the, the bedtime routine. Three books, I talk about it, two prayers, and a last minute. Yeah, I, listen, I, I, my, my youngest is six, and she's the only one right now that I still do the story time with at night before bed. I love it. I'm going to miss it when it's gone. But I'll tell you, it's a lot more enjoyable reading to them than reading with them. When they're starting to learn how to read, it takes a lot of patience to sit there as they're trying to get through these words. So uh, it's enjoyable oh to read them the bedtime stories. Now, um, obviously, your fight career is going strong here, top-ranked fighter in the world. What, what does it look like for you? Any idea on next opponent, when you're going to be fighting next? We got any word on that yet? Yeah, no word yet. Um, you know, obviously, I want to I want to take a little bit of time off, as in you know, a couple months uh, before I go back into heavy training. I'm always training. I you know, I run every day now and lifting some weights and um, doing some different business stuff outside of uh, of just training. But um, I probably won't go back into a fight camp until September, October for a, a November December fight is kind of the plan right now. And a uh, couple names being thrown around. It'll be someone in the top five, someone ranked ahead of me, hopefully. And, win one fight and get back into the title contention. And uh, that's the goal. So we'll see. Yeah, very cool. I look forward to that. And then the last thing I want to hit you with here, Michael, you touched on it a little bit there when you mentioned it before, but I'd love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast, what kind of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about to be father who's out there listening? Uh, I think, uh, I think the best advice is to pray for just, just pray for discernment, wisdom, and patience. Um, I think the one thing, as, as we said, there is no, oh, you know, I, I love and appreciate what you do. And it's such a great resource for, for dads. But as I said, it's, it's also once it becomes yours and your child, you're just like, where was, I need all the information to figure it all out. I think the biggest thing is, is be prepared. And maybe this is just my mentality, but I wish I would have been more prepared for the dad, kind of the dad guilt of, you put them down and then you, then you, you go through the, you go through in your head, was I too hard on him here? Could I have just, you know, done this thing for him instead of saying no? Could I have done that? Could I have done this? Cause it's, it's one thing with your spouse, you know, and my wife is a strong woman. She can, she can handle herself. She can handle what I'm going. She's very emotionally intelligent and secure. But when you have a child and, and a, a young man and, and he's my, my favorite thing on earth, you constantly go through the, what if, could I have done this better? Could I have done that better? And I hate to use the word guilt or shame because I don't want to, you know, you don't want to live in, in that, but it's just human nature. You know, it's human nature that, uh, gosh, you're, you're just going to second guess, should I, have, should I have done this or should I have done that? So in that, be prepared for that and then just pray for the discernment, the wisdom and uh, the vision to be able to make the right decisions at the right time and have extreme amounts of patience because you know look at your child just like you believe your god looks at you um and those are just kind of my things i would say and there is no like i said there's there's no way to quantify how how beautiful but also how challenging also sometimes how how blissful but also how frustrating the whole 
the whole thing is, and it's, it's just a beautiful, it's the most beautiful thing on earth. And, um, just be prepared for, be prepared to expect the unexpected. And it's, it's beautiful. Yeah, very well said. I love the message. This has been an honor for me. I got to say, Michael Chandler, you're a first class father all the way. Thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time here on First Class Fatherhood. Yes, sir. Thank you. I appreciate you, man. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Michael Chandler for giving me a few minutes of his time here. That was so cool. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys. Drop me that DM on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to read your feedback. Make sure you guys bring it right back here next week. I'm telling you, it's going to be off the charts next week. I got three bangers coming your way. Skateboarding legend Tony Hawk, Major League Baseball Hall of Famer Mike Piazza, soon to be Hall of Famer in the NFL, Calvin Johnson, Megatron will be here. You're not going to want to miss it. Make sure you subscribe, lock it in, share it with your friends. Uh, it's going to be a great week. That's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. Thank you for listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers. <laughs>